Welcome to Fizz Horizons, a series of podcasts and other resources bringing you interviews on some of the hottest topics affecting financial institutions. Economic uncertainty, ESG, geopolitical conflict, regulatory change, and digital transformation. We'll be covering it all. We'll be sharing the details that you need to know in order to stay ahead. Welcome, listeners. My name is Hannah Vero, and I'm an associate here at Hogan Lovells Dublin, where I advise on financial services law and regulation. On today's episode, I'm going to talk all about the upcoming changes to the European Consumer Credit Legislative Framework, in particular, the introduction of the second Consumer Credit Directive. To begin, let's do a whistle-stop tour of the European Consumer Credit Regime and how it has developed over time. In May 2008, the Consumer Credit Directive was published. The goal of the 2008 Consumer Credit Directive was to harmonise the regulation of consumer credit across Europe and to bolster consumer protection measures. Prior to the introduction of the 2008 Directive, minimum consumer protection standards were provided for under an EU directive introduced in 1987. However, the scope of this directive was very limited. As time went on, it became clear that certain member states were going further than others in consumer protection measures applicable to consumer credit. This resulted in distortion in the internal market as there was a lack of consistency in terms of consumer protection offered under credit agreements member state to member state. As a consequence of this lack of legislative cohesion across Europe, a proposal for the Consumer Credit Directive was adopted in 2002. However, it ultimately took several years to reach its final form in 2008. So let's take a look at the requirements introduced by the 2008 directive. The directive applied to credit agreements providing credit between €200 and €75,000, but did not apply to secured lending. It required creditors to provide certain pre-contractual information to consumers. This was introduced using a standardised information sheet, in particular to include details of the annual percentage rate otherwise known as APR. Advertisements of credit were also required to include details of applicable APR and the method of calculation of APR was harmonised under the 2008 directive. Information to be contained in credit agreements was also standardised. Creditors were required to assess the credit worthiness of the consumer prior to entering into a credit agreement and a compulsory cooling off period was introduced which gave consumers a 14-day right of withdrawal. So we can see that the 2008 directive applied more robust consumer protections to credit offerings in Europe. However, when the European Commission's new consumer agenda was published in 2020, it was clear that it was time for the Commission to review the consumer credit legislative framework to see if aspects of the regime stood to be improved from a consumer protection perspective. Former Commissioner for Justice Didier Ronders, in explaining the objective of the new consumer agenda, said that European consumers are at the core of a global change. Their actions can make a significant difference. Consumers need to be empowered to make sustainable choices and be reassured that their rights will be protected in all circumstances. The new agenda introduces measures that will promote a fair, digital and green society taking into account that consumer behaviour transcends borders of individual member states. Action 10 of the new consumer agenda stated that in 2021, the Commission would prepare proposals for the revision of the Consumer Credit Directive 
in order to reinforce consumer protection in the context of retail financial services. The Commission would analyse how to improve the rules, ensuring that credit be granted only once a thorough assessment of consumer credit worthiness was completed, and that all pre-contractual information and advice required to make informed choices had been received by the consumer. We should keep in mind that at that moment in time, the COVID-19 crisis was ongoing and a survey across 21 member states showed that since the beginning of the COVID-19 crisis, six out of 10 consumers faced financial difficulty. So matching consumer financing needs to the ability to repay and the reduction of consumer over-indebtedness was a key focus of the Commission at that time. The Commission's review of the 2008 Directive found that it had not kept pace with emerging consumer credit products, consumer behaviour and technological developments. This coupled with imprecise wording of certain provisions had led to member states adopting diverging approaches, resulting in a highly fragmented regulatory framework across the EU in a number of aspects of consumer credit. It was clear that a new directive would be required to tackle these issues, which is what we have seen with the adoption of the second Consumer Credit Directive, or CCD2 as it's more commonly referred to. CCD2 came into force in November of this year. CCD2 introduces a number of key harmonised rules in the area of consumer credit, which I'm going to take you through now. Firstly, the scope has changed. You might recall that the 2008 directive applied to consumer credit between €200 and €75,000. CCD2 applies to credit agreements under €200 and up to €100,000. Another key change in scope is the inclusion of buy now, pay later offerings, which are becoming increasingly popular in the online retail marketplace. Certain deferred payment arrangements between large merchants and consumers also fall within the scope of CCD2. I would note, however, that some member states have already applied local rules to these arrangements. For example, in 2022, Ireland introduced a licensing regime for buy now, pay later. Germany already requires creditworthiness assessments for financial assistance provided by merchants and 0% interest loans. Poland already includes credit agreements under €200 in the scope of its national legislation. Again, this demonstrates that there are differences state to state in terms of consumer credit legislation, hence the need for further harmonisation of the rules. It is also worth mentioning that firms will be required to become authorised or at least registered with their local regulator to provide consumer credit. Let's consider some of the more technical changes introduced by CCD2, which will impact how credit providers enter into credit agreements with consumers. There are rules against discriminatory treatment of applicants for consumer loans, It will not be possible to differentiate on the basis of a consumer's nationality or place of residence. That said, objectively justified reasons for different credit conditions remain possible under CCD2. Advertising concerning credit agreements must include a clear and prominent warning to make consumers aware that borrowing costs money. Advertisement of consumer credit must include wording to the effect of caution, borrowing money costs money or equivalent wording. Advertising encouraging consumers to seek credit by suggesting that credit would improve the financial situation of those consumers is not permitted. Member states may also restrict advertising, which highlights the ease or speed with which credit can be obtained. Pre-contractual information must be provided in good time before and not at the same time as the conclusion of the credit agreement. 
If this information is provided less than one day before the conclusion of the consumer credit agreement, a reminder of the statutory withdrawal right has to be provided between one and seven days after the conclusion of the agreement. Consumers will have a right of withdrawal without giving any reason within 14 calendar days of the conclusion of the agreement. Creditors are required to undertake creditworthiness checks, including affordability checks. Where creditworthiness checks are carried out using an automated process, consumers will have certain rights in relation to those checks. These rights include the right to request and obtain a clear and comprehensible explanation of the creditworthiness assessment, including on the logic and risks involved in the automated processing of personal data. Consumers will also have the right to express their own point of view to the creditor and to request a review of the creditworthiness assessment and the decision on the granting of the credit by the creditor. The initial CCD2 proposal suggested mandatory hard caps on credit rates, APR, and total costs of credits. This was not actually carried through into CCD2, though member states can introduce measures to protect consumers from excessively high rates. The European Banking Authority intends to compare the measures on rates in the different member states and publish a report on the effectiveness of these measures after six years has passed. Another protection which is of note is the introduction of the right to be forgotten for cancer survivors. Under CCD2, cancer survivors applying for credit for which insurance is required will have the right to be forgotten after a relevant period of time to ensure that their former illness does not affect insurance rates. That period should not exceed 15 years following the end of the consumer's medical treatment. We also see the introduction of a common framework for linked agreements under CCD2. Where the consumer exercises the right of withdrawal in respect of the purchase agreement, the corresponding linked credit agreement is revoked simultaneously and vice versa. However, CCD2 specifically states that national law applicable to linked credit agreements shall not be affected by CCD2. Therefore, even after the implementation of CCD2, some national differences regarding the treatment of linked contracts will likely remain. Notwithstanding that there are many harmonizing rules being introduced by CCD2, there will be no harmonized framework for the form of consumer credit agreements. This is something for member states to decide themselves. So what happens next? CCD2 came into force on the 19th of November, 2023. Member states have 24 months to adopt and publish the laws, regulations, and administrative provisions necessary to comply with CCD2. Implementing measures must be applied 12 months from the transposition date, meaning that member states will have fully implemented their measures pursuant to CCD2 by the 20th of November, 2026. Thank you to all our listeners for tuning in today. I hope you have a lovely day and join us again for our next episode soon. Visit engage.hoganlevels.com for the full Fizz Horizons 2024 report, more podcasts and other resources.